Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. And welcome to another Top 10 Debate. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to talk about shocking Vince McMahon moments you totally don't remember. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts. We review Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AEW, Dynamite, pay-per-views. We have interviews, more roundtable discussions like this one, and a round of the week complete with a bloody quiz, of course, on Culture, As I said, though, joined by Michael Sidgwick to talk about his article, 10 Shocking Vince McMahon Moments You Totally Don't Remember, which you can read now, of course, at whatculture.com. And normally, this is the point where I say, what was the catalyst behind this list, Michael Sidgwick? And I am going to ask that. But, I mean, I don't mean to besmirch your excellent ability as a writer here at What Culture, but it strikes me that this was probably quite an easy list to write. Yeah, it's quite an easy list to write. Um had a happy time writing it. Fairly easy to research. It, he's just a goldmine of content, is Vince McMahon. And, you know, looking at the cynical side of things, you want numbers. I don't want numbers at the expense of shoddy writing or grabby, clickbaity stuff. But, you know, let's be realistic. You need jazzy titles. My MO when I'm writing something along these lines is sexy title, sexed up title, but then have the content to back it up. Sexy title, sexy content. <laughs> and it's just, I don't think I'll ever get tired of writing jokes, punching up at the McMahon family. Um, Triple H is included in that. Um, I think Will it legitimately is what I was put on this earth to do. Mm, I can only imagine, like, it's it's obviously been a very stressful time for everyone these uh, last few few months and years in reality but i reckon your lovely wife and kids must be like daddy's very relaxed all of a sudden because you get to go into work and 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 talk about aw and it's been such a brilliant time for that recently and you get to bury Vince McMahon and the the god-awful content that half the time he produces and it's just like it's like oh just lovely what a lovely relaxing time you have at work and it gets all the stress out and then you can just go home and uh and and have a nice time and find out about potentially daniel bryan your favorite wrestler in the world one of your favorite wrestlers in the world potentially coming to aew so it's a yes time. yes absolutely it's a great time and i had a great time writing this list 
Mm. Uh, let's dive straight into it then with an obvious place to start when uh, Vince McMahon does shocking things. His daughter! Take your pick, <laughs> all of them. Uh, have it out because, yeah, it, it, we all know about certain things that he has, well, at the very least pitched as storylines with his daughter. And you think like, oh, that's awful. But he's followed through on quite a few others as well. Well, this is it. Like, people will remember. So I'm trying with this list. But you obviously can still read at whatculture.com slash WWE. It's trying to get away from the headline grabbing moments that everyone does, in fact, remember. And the fact that Vince McMahon has done so many awful things on screen and off. This is mainly centered on on screen moments. Um, like the caveat of the list is there had to be a camera in front of his face to warrant inclusion, because otherwise he's done absolutely horrendous things that are on the record that. You don't want to conflate like the actual worst things he's done as a promoter with, oh, isn't he a bit weird with his daughter? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? There are certain horrendous things he's done in real life. But speaking of um, ugh, how he thinks about his daughter, there's been some weirdness. Um, the key thing, which isn't on this list because you do remember it, is the time that he suggested that he be the storyline father of a baby. That is disgusting. It's repulsive. It is not on this list because it's an infamous tale. Uh, a slight caveat, just in case you didn't know, this isn't on the list, but you do know who we suggested in case you rejected the pitch. Mm-hmm. Shane McMahon. Yeah. It's just so funny. Like, uh, Vince, that's disgusting. I will not have it suggested, even in fiction, that I had consensual sex with a blood relative. Vince was like... Yeah, I know. I'm a bit older. That's horrible. Uh, what about your blood relative, Shane? <laughs> Shane said, well, you know what? She's got cute boobs, so why not? <laughs> He's about Shane, to say. Shane McMahon literally said this on the record because I think Steph was being interviewed by somebody or other talking about the um, augmentations one would see on WWF television at the time. And Stephanie, who later did get her breast augmented and that's absolutely fine by me and judging by youtube comment sections everywhere it's fine by a lot of people too <laughs> so shane was asked hey you know he was a cute just say not as big mm. as you know sables just <laughs> don't say your sister's tits are cute <laughs> weird bastard so all of these uh big picture headline moments are known remembered something you totally might not remember is the time right building towards um wrestlemania 2000 the mcmahon family were in a state of civil war it was the war of the mcmahons there was a mcmahon in every corner and obviously it was a big twist because vince mcmahon turned heel because these ruses were commonplace during the day but to create the illusion that vince mcmahon was on the up and up and wasn't crafting some heel alliance um in the shadows, he and Steph McMahon would volley abuse and insults at each other um, on television. On one such occasion, Vince McMahon said something that was horrendous in English English, but, you know, still not much better in American English. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stephanie was Gordonham or whatever. She was doing some kind of thing that he disagreed with in storylines. And he said, if you don't stop doing this, I will blister your little fanny till it turns blue. <laughs> right. People are like, oh, Christ, that's bad in England. And I'm thinking, hmm, it's not very good in America either. <laughs> the reason why it's bad in English, 
in English, English in England. Um, Wilborn, what does Fanny mean in England? It doesn't mean your backside. It means your your front bottom. Oh, for Christ's sake. You sound like right nonsense front bottom there. Just say minge. Can we say that on podcasts? Oh, yeah, have, so. Yeah, we already have. Uh, so the idea, if you're watching that at the time on this side of the pond, was, ooh, um, that's not good um, because incest is gross. Uh, it's not much better in American English because what Vince McMahon is saying, if you analyze these words and really think about them, I will blister your little fanny until it turns blue, right? What he's saying there is he's going to bend Stephanie over his lap, presumably pull up the skirt because he wants to, like, take blisters and make blisters, imprint blisters upon her bare ass cheeks, blister your little fanny until it turns blue. He is going to repeatedly and stiffly smack his biological daughter's arse until it turns a different colour. He'd have to be there for quite some time, (laughs) during which she probably got the memo of not to do this thing again. It's like, nah, I need to keep going. I need to keep going, pal. Just absolutely disgusting stuff. Yeah. But it's, it's not all of it, though, is it? No. Uh, I just also want to give a nod to this excellent <laughs> caption to a photo that we've got here. Go and check it out. Whatculture.com. Picture of Vince McMahon and his daughter walking down to the ring on, I assume, some sort of festive edition of Monday Night Raw or something. There's the whole roster's out there and they're just swaggering down to the ring or whatever it may be. Caption reads, pictured Vince McMahon and daughter Stephanie in happier times, i.e. after Vince attempted to crush her throat with a pipe at No Mercy 2003. I'll tell you what, I've buried this bizarre affiliation that Vince and Steph share on screen. No Mercy 2003 is class. It's, I always put it as, it's probably the best only in America thing. Mm. Only in America thing that literally would only happen in the United States. It's such a uniquely American form of entertainment, like an absolute lunatic billionaire having a fight with his own daughter and like attempting to kill her. And yet it is so deliriously entertaining. Mm. I will give them no mercy 2003. It was wonderful. Uh, And she should have seen what was coming really in no mercy 2003, because we could go back to, the road to WrestleMania 2000 again, where he implied his own daughter was a sex worker. <laughs> well, yes. But here's the thing. It's just a storyline thing. And if you dig deeper, because there was loads and loads of subtext in WWF, like, I, I love Chris Kresge, but like, he was a master of subtlety. He was a master of storyboarding. He was a master of making this whole universe feel interactive with itself and alive. But like, the dialogue still was WWF dialogue. Um so ahead of WrestleMania 2000, again, in a big long con um, to attempt to fool the rock into thinking that Vince McMahon was on his side. These volume exchanges when Vince is in the ring and Stephanie's on the ramp. Stephanie, by the way, for the blister of fanny bit, turned round, 
got her arse out and decided to pat it herself. It's like, you, you, your dad. <laughs> dad, man, you freaks. Anyway, so to continue this like ruse that they were, they were in cahoots all along the word cahoots. Christ, you heard it more than Jerry Lawler saying puppies at the time. Yeah. Um, so I had to further the idea that they're in cahoots. Vince McMahon punishes Triple H for some transgression or other I can't freaking remember. It punishes Triple H with a match against someone that Steph McMahon is probably familiar with. Someone that Steph McMahon has uh, certain things in common with. That's right, Triple H, you're going to go one-on-one with the Godfather. What? <laughs> Are you literally calling your daughter a sex worker here? But Wilborn... That was only in storylines, right? Mm-hmm. That was only like an insult sort of thing. But there was something else that actually happened in the McMahon Law backstory. And that was building towards this 2003 No Mercy match, which ruled, absolutely ruled somehow, some way. Zach Gowan era SmackDown. Zach Gowan Gowan era SmackDown, where Vince McMahon is at his most ripped, his most red, his most megalomaniacal. It's just an awful human being that still somehow, like he's awful. The character is totally jumped the shark, but it's so Mr. McMahon, flanderized, exaggerated, over the top, that there's still a morsel of entertainment value in it. Um, so he's feuding with Stephanie. And the idea is that Stephanie McMahon's playing babyface and she's just so upset at the way that Vince McMahon, her father, treats the one-legged wrestler, Zach Gowan, who incidentally was the one that John Laurinaitis failed to hire initially. Because... Coin toss, he went 50-50 with booking a one-legged wrestler. It's quite apt for WWE. Yeah, and it's the most apt thing ever. What an incompetent organisation. But um, yeah, so to further this dissension between father and daughter, apparently Stephanie McMahon, who's been corrupted, and she knows this, it's already happened on TV, she's become a completely domineering authority figure, but, you know, she's different now. And the reason, one of the reasons why she's different is young Zach Gowan, who Vince McMahon called a freak and told him to get out of his ring, um, represented to Stephanie the fact that she used to be innocent once upon a time. And Zach Gowan was just an innocent guy, plucky upstart, trying to make a living, trying to realize his dream in uh, sports entertainment. And Stephen McMahon saw something of, of purity and innocence um, in Zach Gowan. And uh, she saw something of her old self, but she couldn't recover her old self because when she was innocent and presumably in the subtext underage, mm-hmm. she accused her father in 2003 of years prior prostituting his own daughter to his business associates to get better deals. This is in storyline canon, just to repeat this, it's very shocking in my opinion. In storyline canon, Vince McMahon tried to pimp out his very young, I don't want to say underage, but this is implied, pimped out his own daughter to curry favor with various executives to earn him more money. And Stephanie McMahon said, I did those things. Desperate times, absolutely desperate times. I've said all along that one of my biggest pet peeves 
beyond bring back the SmackDown fist. <laughs> I mean, you know, call, uh, the SmackDown fist that'll get uh, Corbin and Shinsuke from not doing the best of 18 series. No, it won't. It is an inanimate object that not only can it not book because it's <laughs> a thing, right? But it would look rubbish in HD, okay? So it's never coming back. Get over it. And when they did bring it back, they brought this digital monstrosity version that everyone buried. And then the other week, and I know this is a tangent, right? But the other week, you remember when they did throwback SmackDown. We're going to do graphics from like 1992. How does any of this work? Or like 1984 even. How does any of this tally up? What a desperate ratings grab this was. And uh, they brought back your beloved SmackDown first. And it was some digital monstrosity that just wasn't the real thing because the real thing would look rubbish in HD. And like, I'm telling you, man, when there was a rumor swirling last week that, oh, they're bringing a new set for SmackDown ahead of the launch for fans. I was on Twitter underneath Louis Dangua or, you know, WrestleVotes' reports about the new set. Like every single, every other reply, bring back the fist, bring back the fist. You've seen it. I call you goldfish. Is a bit of banter. You literally saw the SmackDown fist like a few months ago. And it was a digital monstrosity of an inanimate object that can't in itself, through being an inanimate object, make the show any better than it is. Like, God damn it. Wilbur, what was I talk, talking about? Well, this actually allows me to say quite nicely, you've, you've done an excellent job here about be careful what you wish for, because I, for one, am very excited about WWE coming back to the UK. They're going to be in Newcastle in like September. We're all hoping to have some sort of big what culture trip there, possibly. Um, and Vince likes, loves going to the UK, but maybe not for the reasons that we want them here. Because, well, let's talk about what happened with him and the British Bulldog. And I'm going to have my bleep button ready and waiting for you, Michael Sidgwick. Oh, good. Love swearing me. Absolutely love it. Like, if there ever, if there ever came a day when it was like, right, Gan Hogwile on the podcast, you can, you can swear now. Like, it would be unlistenable. Like, it really would. Like, the raw reviews would be so much more entertaining than they already are. And, of course, if you're a first-time listener, they're all available to you on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. I, Vince loved the UK because he used to get, like, slaughtered on American media. And we get to that imminently about how his product was poisoning America's youth at the time because it, it feels so much more innocent now. There used to be these things called boogeymen, uh, Vince McMahon. Marlon Manson, he's an actual boogeyman, um, bad example. But Eminem, you know, hmm. corrupting America's youth and Satanism and moral panics. And Vince McMahon was the target of this because America is a fundamentally pretty conservative country. I know it's fractured across states and whatever, but middle America is proper, like, godheads. And all these godheads were trying to get Vince McMahon to be the next symbol of their you know, conservative values and moral panics. So when Vince McMahon, who was already doing the things he did in the Attitude Era in America, when he went to the UK, he basically opened up a copy of The Sun and went, they've got tits in newspapers. Fantastic. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. Jacqueline, get a boot. So he did that at Capital Carnage, of course. And he also, at Rebellion 99, uh, this is mainly pitched as a laugh, but this is genuinely like uh, horrific. 
Mm. What happened? Um, the story dates back to 1997. British Bulldog, European champion. His sister legitimately was fighting cancer at the time and he dedicated his match to her. Like the ultimate babyface promise. If a babyface in pro wrestling promises they're going to win, they are going to win. Bulldog had already done this, but because the backstage politics were like this at the time, um, because there was a new edge to WWF programming that would be formalized as the Attitude Era deeper into that year. This is like October, I believe, off the top of my head. Um, Shawn Michaels politicked and said, you know what? If we're going for heat these days, the ultimate heat would be I screw Davey Boy here and then <clears throat> we'll do a little uh, rematch next year. That won't happen. So what happened was Bulldog lost this match. It was shocking. It was a really ugly. It transcended, not transcended, but just totally missed the point of what actual heat really is. It was just ugly. Um, two years later, British Bulldog's back in the same city of Birmingham, asking for his title shot. And realistically, he was owed it. He was owed it. Mm. And he doesn't get it because, God damn it, his back was absolutely thrashed. Um, he just wasn't the same wrestler anymore. He wasn't the same star anymore. So he was instead used as a storyline driver in the same city he was promised something way more than a babyface win, like to salvage his reputation realistically and instead he threw a bin at stephanie mcmahon's face this pissed off the baby face vince mcmahon god damn it this company and in the main event he interrupted the steel cage wwf title match between triple h and the rock he basically acted as the person who got involved and deprived the fans of a real finish but because they deprived the fans of a real finish right okay get the baddie you know, the hero who was absolutely mistreated badly two years prior, lock the body in the cage in the rock and give him a rock bottom and send the fans home happy. Send the fans home happy. When Vince McMahon, and imagine him doing this at WrestleMania, like even 17, when, and I was shocked to my little call when I watched this live on Sky Box Office at the time in the UK, when Vince McMahon locked the cage, he double foot the birds and... I've got a little tiny little nugget of information about that afterwards, right? After he flipped the birds at um, Bulldog, he went, and God damn it, did he mean it, given, considering what happened two years ago? He went, F you. F you, he said. I said, Jesus Christ. It's like, just say that on Sky. Get in. Because I'm a little idiot. I don't know if I knew the Bulldog story at this point. I don't think I did, actually, because I went dark during a little bit of the new generation. But, my God, just an absolutely reprehensible thing to do and a shocking thing to hear on WWF television. Very quickly before we move on. You know the bird flip, right? Yeah. It's different in America, isn't it, in England? In England, I've noticed, and it might be the same in America, it might just be one of these weird Vince McMahon foibles that he has. When you give someone the middle finger, right, you, yeah, you go like this. So what you do, and this is a terrible anecdote for an audio podcast, so just bear with me. So you raise the middle finger. I put my, and you want to make it visible, of course. Hmm. So you try and hide the thing, other fingers by folding them in some way. I raise the middle finger, or at least I used to before I trained my body to do something different. Raise the middle finger, point it upwards. My thumb goes over the forefinger, which I press down. And the last two fingers, the little and the one next to it, 
just are folded over, right? That's what I do. Hmm. Vince McMahon, like, he does this weird thing where like he's got all he looks right like they've been chopped off. Yeah. The other fingers in the middle look like they've been chopped off into nubs, when in fact he just raises them up a little bit rather than flattening them completely and goes, bow. Uh, yeah, you're right. I remember him. Was that, was it was WrestleMania or something? I remember that. Yeah. I used to love doing it like that. And I don't know if it's an American thing or just Vince is insane, but we were fascinated by this in high school, comprehensive school, when we were first watching the Attitude Era. So we all trained our fingers to do the Vince thing. We used to run around, go, hey, oh my God. And then go, suck it, suck it, suck it. So that's what, I don't know why we did this. Absolute losers. What a <laughs> losers we were in high school, comprehensive school. <laughs> 
uh, we review Billy and Chuck's wedding, and then there's a little little brackets to just say, no, not that time, another time. And I thought, sorry, he did it more than once. Like you because they courted that. They didn't they send like a gravy boat for the, the Billy and Chuck wedding or something glad. Like oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, like God probably realized, right? They're playing absolute caricatures. And you know, it's not ideal. However, we've been promised by WWE that this is in fact a little bit more sympathetic and affectionate, not progressive, but like it's not as horrific as things they've done in the past. So we'll extend our sort of, that's what I'm looking for here. Well, congrats, like just our thanks for presenting gay characters in a manner that isn't absolutely awful. It's a step forward. They're really trying. We'll reward them for this by endorsing it. This being the Billy and Chuck relationship and subsequent wedding, which of course WWE just said was, well, ugh, why would you do that? Mm. It's just a publicity stunt to get over. And it was absolutely horrible. Um, and like Billy Gunn, he's got, he's had a sense of humor about it since, and he was just playing a role and doing what people told him to do. But his particular accent made the homophobia sound so much more homophobic. We're not gay. <laughs> Oh, we're not gay or nothing. Couldn't do that. <laughs> going to South Park at the end. <laughs> I'm going to go down that right. Um, So, yeah. And it happened again, like, seven years later. I was going to say, and then the seven-year itch happened in 2009. <laughs> <laughs> Vince just decided I want to do it. So he celebrated his birthday live on Raw. And it's a big spectacle, extravaganza. Loads of, uh, like, big bells and whistles and all the like. And there's some Cirque du Soleil performers. And Vince McMahon goes, masks, they look pretty gay. It's like, not only is it just bad, it's 2009. Like, mm. you've been PG for one year. Can you not try to actually be it? Like, oh, we can't slice um, a tiny little blade against someone's forehead, opening up a shallow wound that, you know, if you do it correctly and you do it sparingly, it's not going to scar. It's just a bit of blood to add some drama. Oh, we can't do that. We can rip the gaze, though. Mm. Can we still rip the gaze? Well, Vince, it's your company. Well, pal, rip those gaze. The more it's just change. an un- it's just an unpleasant man, isn't he? I was going to say, yeah. The more things change, the more they stay the same. Because well, we got an insight, as you've alluded to on this list, as to what we, we've heard many, many stories about the the let's say nuances of Vince McMahon's character. Uh, and by that, I mean not the Mr. McMahon character. I mean his personality about uh, whether it be his hatred of nodding or coughing or illness or anything like that, or the fact he thought that pushing someone fully clothed into a pool is like the height of comedy, or as he alludes to here, another thing that he thinks is comedic to say the least. Yeah, he was profiled as was WWF and WCW at the time on CBS, I believe it was. ESPN's Outside the Lines. That's the one. You're right. I've not not done any research. I'm just reading the article back to see. I did the research at the time. I just couldn't remember the research. But yes, ESPN Outside the Lines. It was another one of these moral panics and um, profile pieces and the the wrestling promotions like lent their footage to it. And Vince McMahon was willingly interviewed for it because he thought, well, that's some publicity. Let's get some more numbers. The numbers were already good enough, but you can't have too many. So they were saying, oh, the corrupt in America's youth. 
And you know, God damn it, this is all horrible. And Vince is like, right, okay, let's have some publicity. So that before they get to Vince to defend the product, um, they like go to some suburban home and some kids interviewed. This is just a little incidental aside. Some little kids are interviewed, and one of them says, You know, you got suspended from school for telling your teacher to suck it. And I'm thinking, I've got to wait. It's got free because we did it. And uh, we got bollocks, we didn't get suspended. Um and he's like, yeah, no, it's just a cool thing to say, you know, suck it, suck it, suck it. I'm not like, don't get down there and suck it. I'm just saying, you know, suck it. It's like, get down there and suck it. I don't think that uh, T-shirt quite would have sold quite as well, because it's a little bit like, oh, suck it, you know. I'm telling him to get down there and suck it. I'm sure every old dog said this in 1998, one million times, and it's just been lost due to under so many other waves of controversy. Um, but yeah, Vince's interview, and he's met with the footage of uh, Mark Henry cavorting, canoodling with um, a crossdresser mm. who he doesn't know is a crossdresser because that's the gag. Ha, 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 you're gay, actually. Um, he was going after China, wasn't he, at the time? Yeah, something like that. He was shagging everyone. Like his sister? Oh, yeah. They, honestly, they built in the thing that he lost his virginity with his sister when he was eight. Vince McMahon, man. Anyway, so he's confronted with this footage and the guy's like, Come on, what do you got to say to yourself, Vince? And Vince is going to say something like, change the channel, be a better parent. We don't want six-year-olds watching this. And I think he does say this at some point, but he also, when he's confronted with his footage, and you expect Vince McMahon, because he's got such a juvenile sense of humor, he's such an exaggerated caricature of a bloke, to go, <laughs> great, pal. Like, it's so sinister. Mm. You can see him, like, going <laughs> and he's like he's barely even like laughing like audibly you can just see him going <laughs> so you know when sideshow bob is like doing the maniacal laugh yeah the early stage before he erupts into it so you think oh he's gonna do the maniacal laugh and it's gonna be a little bit of like theater for the telly so you know that mr mcmahon's crazy let's hop on the usa network and see what he's like but he doesn't really do it in character this is what he's like he's going <laughs> i'm sorry i find that very comedic it's like he's just it's like when you took it into like a Porterhouse, I find that very succulent. <laughs> I just, I'm sorry, I find that very comedic. So he's like, oh, yes, high art, high art. <laughs> I'd, I'd actually prefer it if you yuck, because I was shocked to my core watching this. Yeah, it's uh, it's the mask slipping there. That You know, it's like yeah, yeah. on top of the mask of, well, it's, it's not me, it's a Mr. Mr. McMahon character. Vinception. Vinception, very nice. Well played, sir. Um and let's talk uh, about a few other interviews as we bring this to a close, because we, we've all heard the phrase Vince McMahon blows a gasket, whether it be towards a performer or just ripping up the whole script of Monday Night Raw and rewriting the whole thing five minutes before they go on air. And that is one thing, I suppose. I'm not trying to justify it, but it is different to what we're about to talk about here, because... Oh, if he doesn't like the way he's being interviewed, he just snaps, doesn't he? Uh, this was, I suppose, best exemplified and, and, and exhibited yet again, if you don't remember it from the time, um, when, he, when they were chronicling WWE on, on last week tonight with John Oliver. Um, 
and just the, it, the the lack of ability of him to put himself into someone else's position is the best way. It's the only way I can really describe it. Is that fair? Yeah, it's absolutely class. So you might have the image of Vince McMahon when he blows a gasket. And this probably does happen, and quite frequently, when someone just, you know, goes over a minute of his perfectly allotted TV time, this ironically perfect TV show that he tries to build, but that's just rubbish and far from perfect. And, you know, there's various reports that he's been in furious moods and these moods are getting more turbulent and frequent in recent years. He just goes ballistic, turns red the whole bit. When he actually blows a gasket with a camera in front of him, it looks a bit different from this cartoonish villain thing, but only only barely. Um, he's got this tell um, because he's an actual child, right? When I tell my six-year-old son James off, and I'm telling you, like, I'm telling you, Vince McMahon does this and it's identical. When I tell James off, very rare, he's a golden child, I adore him, but like most six-year-olds, he's wired to do things that are impulsive and naughty and not what I'm telling him to do, but it's so rare. He's a wonderful boy. But if you tell him off, and every kid does this, they'll try and mock your gesticulations and like tone you go mm. like James is six man how Vince McMahon does this or did this in his 50s mm. between like 2001 2002 he's getting a bit sick of doing this like media stuff because his product was um coming in for more scrutiny the XFL was a massive failure and ratings by about 2001, you know, they weren't hitting those 99, 2000 highs. So he's trying to do some pub and because they aren't hitting those highs, he gets more desperate. He gets more Vince McMahon. He strips Trish to a bra knickers and gets in a bark like a dog the whole bit. So because they're courting more controversy, they're getting into the news cycle and he's being invited to defend his product and he defends his product in a bid to advertise his product and because he's under the cosh he decides to go a little bit uh, more Vince McMahon than normal. There's two incidents I want to highlight one, more famous but it's funny Bob Costas Mm. Bob Costas is so amused by how rankled he has Vince McMahon, like in the palm of his hands he knows he's got a story here he knows he's got reins and buzz and whatever so, like, he kind of has a mirthful little laugh when Vince McMahon starts to lose his temper. <laughs> and Vince, swinging his head wildly, like he doesn't have a vertebrae, he goes, ha, 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 And it's like, kids do this, you idiot. There's another one. Remind me of the fellow's name? It was uh, Armin Katian, also of HBO, just like Bob. Yes, Armin Katian, also of HBO. He's grilling, this is um, deeper into the 2000s, maybe, it's still early 2000s, I can't remember the year, maybe 2004, but he's grilling Mr. McMahon on wrestler deaths and his potential complicity in those deaths, because after all, it's not for health insurance. There were at least one occasion where massive drug use in the locker room went unchecked, and then, you know, he was um, indicted for all of this. He used all of this um, body of evidence in addition to the punishing schedule, those bumps that they take, the unchecked painkiller abuse, all the rest of it, say like, away. what I'm trying to say is, you know, if these people weren't wrestlers, they might still be alive. 
Therefore, you can make the connection between being involved in wrestling, of which you are the primary promoter. You must have something to do with it, Vince. And he's going, nope, nope. They uh, are responsible for their own individuals are responsible for their own personal actions, etc., etc. And then in a bid to try and get something out of Vince McMahon, because he's very stone-faced, he's very resolute, um, he tries, does Armin, to do this, uh, like, mock... And he's working as well. Like, he's, he's involved in TV journalism. Like, he's probably not the nicest guy himself. He's trying really hard to, like, do a sympathetic tone, a nice guy tone. And he goes, well, Vince, what about this? And Vince parts it back to him like the child he is. And twists his face like that. And just boof, knocks the papers out of his hands. But what a child he is. What a child. <laughs> fascinating awful creature that I'll never get bored of writing content about just a reminder as we conclude here Sige this is only a list of things that people don't remember <laughs> I know the, the, the thing is like, I'm not a huge expert maybe like when we write these things we're not saying you're thick you mm. don't remember this I mean some of you watch Raw and like it so some of you are thick to be honest but i'll try and say you don't remember this like people probably will remember but it's more of the less famous moments yeah and there are probably 1000 that i haven't remembered either mm. in addition to you know him mocking jim ross's colonoscopy his bell's palsy all those horrendous things this man has done mm. in his guise as a person whose motto is to put smiles on people's faces so, uh, in conclusion, Siege, do you think CM Punk goes back to WWE or heads to AEW? I think he goes to AEW, hopefully. <laughs> I've just recorded the one for this weekend with Hample at the podcast talking all about it. And we're going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, we've got, you know, you know, maybe he's going to show up at All Out. That's in Chicago. Let's not forget. Let's not get ahead of ourselves, though. It could be at this show. It could be at that show. Oh, we could have dream matches with Kenny Omega, maybe, because he's with AEW. could go to New Japan and fight bloody Kazuchika Okada or who knows who. And then I have to go. Yeah, I mean, he could go back to WWE. Let's talk about that briefly. And he's like, okay, let's just picture him in a room with Triple H, John Laurinaitis and Vince McMahon. How's that How's that for, you know, having some nice flashbacks for him there? Just bonkers. Anyway, check out the whole article for this because it's, it's a really, it's good fun, but it's also a really interesting read and a reminder of the person behind the Mr. McMahon caricature as well. 10 shocking Vince McMahon moments you don't totally don't remember up at whatculture.com now. Uh, continue the conversation with us on Twitter at whatculturewwe. Watch there. You can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at whatculturewwe. And make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. But this has been another top 10 debate. My thanks to this article's author, Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.